0: you're listening to three makes baby a podcast about fertility family and genetics i'm Jana repnow a fertility counselor and author of three makes baby welcome to the show today you're going to hear from nick denton a voice actor and the host of the male infertility podcast He's gonna talk about he and his wife's journey through male factor infertility, a diagnosis of azospermia, and eventually their decision to use a sperm donor. So men have to go through a series of fertility tests when they have male factor infertility. And I was curious about the length of that process for Nick. And here's what he said.
1: 13 months, 14 months after my first test at the fertility clinic. So that's a long time to kind of like digest it. And plus, when we did go for the consultation before the operation, the doctor said you've got a twenty percent chance of it of it actually working, of us actually finding something, should I say? And twenty percent ain't high, so Mm -hmm. it was like obviously you you got your fingers and your toes crossed, and everything, like thinking, hoping, hoping that they'll find something somewhere tucked away in there, that just one little dude swimming around. But
0: yeah, and so when the doctor first gave you the news that there were zero sperm, which is what azospermia is. Yeah. Yeah. What was your reaction to that? I mean, had you heard of that? Did you think this has got to be a mistake, that this can't be true?
1: I think they called me up, I think it was. And they said, you need to have a an appointment with your doctor. This was after the third test. But yeah, obviously finding out you've got zero, I mean, it's a bit, a bit rubbish, Cause, because because the, the the thing is like, there's, you know, like obviously you're trying for ages and stuff, and you know, like when you're trying, you you're like you've got that pressure of uh, hmm. of you know like doing it in the, in the prime time, yeah. and you like you've got the the stresses of it was the ovulation or whatever, and you got to do it at this time, and it's like, and you. You can you can feel the pressure sometimes. I've spoke about it on my on my podcast, but it can get to you a bit. Um, but yeah, and it's going to sound really strange, but I've spoken about it before as well. But it, it it's like a massive weight was lifted, as cr- mm-hmm. as crazy as that sounds, because obviously it's like you've got this um, yeah, it's like a massive bummer. You like oh my god, like I can't father a child biologically. But then it's like, well, there's nothing I can do now anyway, so we might as well enjoy ourselves.
0: Yeah, that you had an answer, having an answer, and now you don't have the pressure of having to have, you know, sex at a certain time. You can just yeah, be yeah, forced yeah, yeah
1: exactly. Yeah, and it, but it's it's crazy because I like obviously before, like I was with my wife or whatever, I was. It's obviously It was obviously BS in the end, but I remember one of my ex-girlfriends telling me that she'd supposedly like had a miscarriage or whatever, but mm-hmm. there was never any evidence or any proof, and it was really difficult for me to believe her. And mm-hmm. looking back at it now, is it was a load of rubbish because uh, I've never, ever had any sperm. It's literally been from birth.
0: So... Is it always that way with azoospermia that it's from birth?
1: I know that mine is, um, uh, but I'm not sure about other people. There could be other different like ways you could it could stop. I guess it could be because obviously there's yeah. there's different things that can happen to the bloke. You've got the, the was it slow mobility or a low a low sperm count anyway. Having zero, literally from day dot. I mean, it's, there's nothing that I could have done. It's not like it's not like you drink too much or you smoke yeah. too much or you take like drugs or whatever like that, and that stopped that stopped me yeah. or anything like that. But it's like it's literally there's nothing I could have ever done about it. I just got dealt a really bad hand.
0: Yeah, and it wasn't your fault. Yeah, it's not your fault. And that, yeah, I, I can see that. That that would be a relief to know that it's not your fault and and now you have an answer and now you can move forward with what's next so yeah that makes a lot of sense because they say unexplained infertility is one of the most difficult psychologically to deal with and so getting that answer and knowing what's going on does does it gives you a reason you yeah why things are happening
1: <clears throat> yeah i think having having that reason definitely helped but it's I, I i can i can see it affecting people in so many different ways though because i like I harp on about like oh yeah I'm like really mentally strong and stuff but I know that I feel like I am anyway but at the same time it's like you're obviously gonna have like thoughts like to be disappointed and like there is a a touch of like anger when you think about it sometimes as well it's like oh god's sake whatever but yeah there's, there's nothing you can do
0: yeah, that's true. There isn't, you know, the my, the men that I see in in my practice will really be struggling with telling when they go on to have a child with a donor. Um, they struggle about telling their child because they tell me that they they don't want other people to know. So they don't want like their buddies and their family members to know because they feel like they'll be judged, you know, and they'll feel less than. And so mm. that's been a really hard thing. For guys that that come in to talk it over, because they really their first urge is to say no, we don't want to tell the child that we used a sperm donor. Yeah. Do you? How do you feel about that?
1: Well, firstly, I think that's that's it's you know the whole the whole stigma behind everything to do with this. I think that's it's not that's not going to help it, really. Yeah. That is pretty pretty brutal for me to say that, but it's not. I mean. We we we're gonna tell our child when um, when it happens. I mean, they can just look up, look, listen to my podcast if they want. Yeah, <laughs> st- st- exactly. Stumble across it one day. Wait a minute, isn't that you, Dad? Uh, <laughs> maybe. But yeah, no. Um, yeah, I've lost track. Sorry.
0: <laughs> so, d- did you? Yeah. So, do you think that? How do they overcome that feeling of feeling embarrassed? I guess by having no sperm and having to use a donor it's just what is the is there a process that helps a guy come to terms with it
1: I think it it would be uh because obviously we were talking we've spoke about sorry um the support that you give to your partner and so on back and forth but I think when it would come to that sort of situation it would obviously be you too as well but obviously friends and family close friends and family who are going to know about it? Who know about the situation? Because they're the ones that are going to support you. And if let's just say you don't tell the child, uh, there's going to be that kind of like family secret down the line in in eighteen years when it comes out, and it's like, how do how do you how do you tell your kid then? Yeah. By the way, it's like, like it's not like the
0: shame goes away if you don't I deal know. with it. It doesn't go in away. And, and, yeah. and
1: it it could have the opposite effect. It could literally say you don't tell your kid and then it could eat you up from the inside Mm -hmm. knowing that you're not, you're basically lying to your kid. Like maybe, maybe you view it as you're protecting them or protecting yourself or the, or the family or whatever, because of what the other people may think. But yeah, but I think, these days, anyway, it's, it's not 1950 anymore, it's mm-hmm.
0: 2019.
1: And people are encouraged to, to kind of like express themselves, aren't they, these days? People are more open about everything, but like say, sexuality or the way they feel or, mm-hmm. or about this. Then, then just go for it. Cause,
0: yeah.
1: I mean, they're not going to think you're, you're less of a dad. You know what I mean? Like, like mm-hmm. I've said on the podcast, my podcast, like people who go down this route because of, in my situation anyway, they, and they, they go for the baby. They're, they're doing it because they really want a baby. They want to, mm-hmm. they really want a child. It's not like a drunken mistake or anything like that. It's like you're going out there on purpose to, to be a, a like parents you want it, you Mm -hmm. want it badly. Otherwise you you wouldn't like, uh, like spend the money that you're going to do it like for IVF or whatever, Mm -hmm. however it happens. You know what I mean?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I just think you're helping so much that open this dialogue for men and just to hear it from you is really, really important. I think talking about to others that are dealing with men that have male infertility, I think it's really important that we don't, trivialize their feelings and if they do speak up and express something don't minimize it and um, or try to make it better you know, just be willing to listen without judgment I think that's the best thing yeah and then also change your reactions and your expectations and so you know know that you don't expect them to quote unquote be a man or be strong or you know it being strong doesn't mean that you don't show emotion that's yeah. not weak emotions aren't a weakness it's a very natural human thing to have and yeah. so and then just you know sincerely encourage men to express their emotions better help them to do that and be there and be able to listen and not try to run in to fix it either yeah. so i think those are things that we can do to help continue the dialogue for men around infertility okay. and um, just it's a medical condition yeah. No, like that, that one just, it always goes, I always say that a lot because I think people just, we just need to change that narrative from some sort of masculine machismo thing to um, <laughs> it's a metal, medical thing. Yeah, you know, It has nothing to do with who you are as a man.
1: Yeah, and I think obviously like if you get, let's say if, if people did reach out to me and like they, they were talking to me, everyone's going to have a different reaction when they tell their story. And some blokes are going to be, just casually talk about it, then somebody's going to get maybe angry, and then there could be the odd bloke who literally breaks down in front of you. But you've got to be yes. w- willing to accept that these people are going to do all of these different things because it affects everyone in different ways. I'm sure, in mm-hmm. if people have come to you, then then you've seen all sorts of reactions to stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So
0: mostly anger. It's it's the most common reaction. Uh, or intellectualizing. There's that reaction too, where men uh, tend to, you know, do more research or, you know, we've I've got the data and I've, these are the, uh, this is the, the best route to take and they stay in their head and they just don't go into their emotions at all. Yeah. And so, and they don't talk about that aspect of it. And sometimes years later it can come up where they, they were fine when they were going through the process and the donor sperm and everything. And then like when their children were eight and nine and they were talking about it then they might they were surprised to know that if they were feeling it then and so that's okay too like that's completely normal it can come up at any point and so it's okay just to give give them permission to to feel what you're feeling go talk to somebody about it then if that's when it comes up because yeah. it can be it can just be a delayed effect men are on average about a year behind uh, the the treatment process so they're meaning their wives or the females are ready to move forward with the next step before the guys are usually. So the guys are like, well, no, no, let's try to do this for a little while longer. And that's just kind of normal. And so it can be that it just takes a little bit longer to process to some of the, the psychological and social aspects that are coming up for some guys, or they might do it all at once. You know, every, like you said, everyone's different. Such a good point to say that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cause like you kind of hope that nothing ever changes like your thoughts don't change or whatever. So it's a, it's a constant ongoing thing. Cause I'd hate to think that in me or anyone else in the same certain sort of circumstances down in 10 years time, thinks differently. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because it's obviously 10 years time is 10 years time, but and things will change. But the way you've like, you can't like think I'm gonna regret this decision in 10 years. You go into this decision of using a sperm donor you don't take it lightly you know what i mean that's why they have the counseling beforehand mm-hmm. and you understand exactly what you're getting into because because yeah. you don't want to turn around in in <laughs> in five years 10 years time and think i can't do this anymore you know what i mean i mean i i, mm-hmm. I said it in in my literally in my last podcast about god forbid you get to the stage in 10 years time when you you're okay with it at, at a certain point And then you get to a, another point, you're like, it just goes through your head and you're like, this isn't my child. You know what I mean? Imagine, imagine, imagine that mm-hmm. happening for someone. I mean,
0: mm-hmm.
1: pff, I mean, it's, it, it's,
0: yeah.
1: it's difficult. It's difficult even like thinking that that would happen, but
0: yeah. And you know if you look at some early studies that have done, they've done on men, the dads of that had to use a sperm donor, that in comparison to women who have used an egg donor, there are slightly less satisfaction overall in their parenting. And my question was always, is that because because they didn't have the opportunity to bond with a with pregnancy, you know, they don't carry their baby like a, a woman who uses an egg donor does. And then does it also, is it also because we were not, tending to the needs of men back then. Sperm donors a lot older than egg donation. And it was, nobody was talking about it. Nobody was giving the guys support about it, you know, even less so than now. And so they didn't get that support. And so maybe there were, they were haunted with these moments of this is not my child, or this doesn't feel like my child, or am I left out? Do I feel left out of this yeah. family? And so maybe that Im- impacted how they related to the child or just how they felt about fatherhood Especially- in general.
1: Especially if if someone turns around and goes, oh, they don't really look like you, do they? And yeah, I think that's yeah.
0: And then it plays into their manhood again, and yep. they, they they pull that old script, that narrative up that society places on them. They pull that up, they run that. They think, oh my gosh, and then they just start not feeling great. I've had a lot of uh, DC adults come on and tell me that they had their social dads, their dads. That just I'm mean, just I just use that term as a distinction, but dad mm-hmm. is dad the guy that raised them, their dad, um, had depression. And so I'm wondering if we did a long-term study, if we could see a correlation there. And again, because we're not meeting the needs of men and we're not reaching them. And so what your work that what you're doing with this podcast can really be, uh, huge, really huge.
1: Hopefully even if it's just a a few blokes, you know what I mean? Just to, just to get the ball rolling. That's, That's all that matters.
0: No, I I love how you talk about it really plain and simple. You, you said you, 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 you use uh, basic and that's so cool because, you know, I think that we need to hear it that way. So many guys need to hear it that way. And then you described, um, I know you told me, you described the, the mechanism of azospermia. We use this big term azospermia, but what, you, tell me what you said again about the...
1: Yeah, Up, upstairs is like, upstairs is telling me to like, it's like going to overload, like, come on, come on, boy. Make loads of them, and then downstairs is like <laughs> deaf. They like, can't can't yeah. can't hear anything. It's like I'm just I'm just gonna I'm just gonna be here. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, I mean, I, that's just I like how you you put a little humor into that too. You know, yeah. so it's like it, it it like gives guys permission to not take it take it a little bit lightly, and yeah. you know, and and that's just that's really therapeutic. Yeah. To be, I think too, like, so. uh,
1: to be fair, I'm, I'm pretty open with it anyway. Like people at work. Know about it, and then I'll—they i'll, I'll, I'll they won't say anything or whatever. But like occasionally, I'll make a a joke. You know what I mean? Just a mm-hmm. like a mm-hmm. no sperm joke or something like that. And like they'll just be <laughs> yeah. like, "Can can we laugh?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but,
0: yeah. awkward is it?
1: But it makes me makes me feel better because basically, I'm just I'm making fun of my at myself. It's no no harm to them, so
0: no I think that's that's amazing do you how are you feeling have you gotten to the point where you are choosing a donor yet? yeah
1: we've we've done all of that we've uh
0: you've done yeah, that. Well, okay
1: the the wife took her first uh it super cure she took her okay. first injection this morning
0: so, okay and then do you how did you feel when you were looking at profiles did you go through profiles of different guys and how, any feelings come up uh now?
1: yeah we were pretty like obviously you Everyone goes for someone who's kind of like as similar as you can, but on, on this mm-hmm. uh, spreadsheet, I'm good things I think it was a spreadsheet anyway. To be fair, there weren't that many to choose from, but over here they you're only allowed to uh, donate your sperm to a certain amount. I think it was, and I think I think we would have been the last the last round from this bloke's sperm. Uh, okay. So yeah, is like similar features to me uh to be fair there was only two that were reasonably close to me the others were like way different so um mm-hmm. so yeah we just went for the one that sounded the best and uh the wife was happy with it That's why i was happy with it and then we just went for it to be fair and the the counselor that we spoke to she was she was really good as well she was like it did sound a bit weird when she was like, yeah, 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 I know him. I think he'd be really good. <laughs> it's like, okay.
0: Yeah. yeah. Cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. And it, I know sometimes feelings of like jealousy can come up or anything. Were you okay there? Did you have uh, any feelings of jealousy? Uh, or? You know,
1: the, there's only so much you want to know. Like I don't, mm-hmm. I don't want to okay. know his whole yeah. story. And it's like, I want I want okay. to know how similar he is to me. Like physically wise uh Mm because we had a joke because i've got really big hands so i was like do we know if Mm -hmm. he's got really big hands because we just want that that (laughs) but not if it's a not if it's a little girl because we don't that'd be just be weird (laughs) like that sort of thing and then uh, a few other like smaller bits that we found out but we kept it to a minimum We, we were comfortable with with how much we found out but at the same time uh I don't know what it's like over over there in the states, but over here we if we wanted to know more down the line then we can we can do that whenever we like. We can take the kid in as well take the child in for like
0: at eighteen um, at eight, uh,
1: eighteen uh well yeah they they have they can find out at eighteen but also we can go we can go in with the child if the if the child wanted oh. to know more or if we wanted to explain more mm-hmm. then then we could uh-huh. do that.
0: Oh, that's nice. And what is what agency is that,
1: it's, or what organization? It's just, just through the NHS.
0: So they've kind of over there now. The, their sperm donors can be—you can be semi-open, even before the child is eighteen.
1: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I don't. Obviously, it's like these people who are donating the sperm—they're donating the sperm. Yeah, like they, they—they're not doing it to be. A dad of another child, they're do, they're doing it yeah. to help us, father like, yeah, like, ha, let us have a child. So like, it's not like they're gonna yeah. like, our child's gonna run off and be living with them or anything. That's not the style is yeah. gonna work. It's like, no, he he's done it to help us. He doesn't. He's got his own. He's got his yeah. own family. You know what I mean? So.
0: Does he? Ha- did he get paid? Do you know?
1: Uh, I think they only get paid expenses. I think they
0: don't really. So it's just truly more of a, um, doing it. I I can't can't
1: remember if she said that, that he'd, he'd obviously had kids himself and I think somewhere like his family or or his friends or something had had issues. And he, I think he took it upon himself to, uh, to, you know, donate his sperm. So hats off to him.
0: So I heard there was a, a long wait list for egg donation in the UK. And then I heard from somewhere else that that wasn't true. And for you, was that it wasn't a long wait to get sperm?
1: Uh, not that I know of. No, there was That's a good. there was a list. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, but the the guys who go, th- who obviously donate, the the counselor was telling me like thirty years ago, like they'd they'd go down the pub and they'd come down to the clinic and be like, "Do you need some?" You know what I mean? But these days.
0: Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah wow just go down to the pub okay but, <laughs>
1: it's a whole nother like,
0: <laughs> side service
1: <laughs> like after the pub not at the pub
0: yeah yeah okay okay but yeah,
1: um, then uh but these days now literally they go through like stupid amounts of tests so like and also yeah. counseling as well uh just loads of stuff basically like to make sure there's nothing wrong so it's basically like perfect sperm <laughs> so yeah
0: good yeah yeah so that's kind of neat. so do you think you'd be open to getting more information for your child uh, if they were curious if,
1: if they really wanted to yeah <laughs> <laughs> not,
0: not not quite yeah. there yet. well you know it's like <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. So like, to be fair are we I didn't want to enough information to kind of like create a picture in my head you know what i mean yeah you, you don't want to be like i mean as far as i know they're not from where we live anyway but okay they're from somewhere else but you know what i mean you don't want to like see a picture of this person and then randomly like 15 years time you're like wait a minute that's the uh <laughs> there's the donor walking by me you know what yeah.
0: i mean <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and then it and you know, his traits may show up in your child's physical traits yeah. and, you know, some personality traits and stuff, too. But it's different when it, I'm sure it's different when it's a child, your child that you're raising versus um, versus a grown man who's, you know, it's probably there's probably a different feeling there. What I get. I'm guessing. Yeah, well,
1: to be fair, at the end of the day, if, if they turn around and say, look, I'd like to know more information about the man who donated sperm, then uh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: then we'd probably do it. We'd be up we'd be into yeah. it, you know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, our, our child wouldn't be here if it weren't for him.
0: Yeah, yeah, so it's only, it's, absolutely. I think,
1: I think it would be only, only right, it'd be, it's, it's only fair that you do, you do it.
0: Okay. It's good to hear your perspective on that. We don't hear from an, enough men on that part. You know, how yeah. do you feel about your child meeting the donor? And there's a lot of donor, there's a lot of dads out there now that are dealing with their child coming yeah. on um and learning about sperm donation
1: i mean I'm, I'm not saying it'd be it it wouldn't be easy but the like i'm not saying it'd be like yeah come on let's go like, i mean like you'd have to like, yeah. think about it and be like okay let's do it like like, make sure you got your sensible head on know what you want to get out yeah. of it because it yeah at the end of the day it's like one of those ones it's like please don't forget that we're here as well. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, you, exactly. Yeah. No one can take your place as the dad, you know, that you've raised. So no one can take your place. So, yeah. So I just think so many people are going to be helped by your account. So I just want to tell people to head over to your podcast and that, can you tell everyone what your podcast is called so they can find it? It's
1: uh, the male infertility podcast. uh, Okay. On Instagram, it's male infertility podcast, uh, and to be fair, that's that's the only place on social media that I'm actually on. And then you can also mm-hmm. obviously find the podcast on Spotify, Apple Apple Podcasts, mm-hmm. Anchor. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, it was so fun talking to you today, Nick. You're, I really do enjoy listening to your podcast <laughs> and your perspective on 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 this you know topic. It's it's really important. So. Keep up the great work, and uh, you know maybe we'll talk again Thank you.
1: soon. You too. Yes, I look forward to it.
0: <laughs> it's time to stretch your legs and take a break, and come back to this p- same episode for the second half, which is an update with Nick, very recently, um, and what he's going to tell us what's happened for the past six months and how his wife and he moved forward with their infertility treatments and what has happened. So. This is your opportunity to get the rest of the story, and basically, we're going to pick up where we left off, starting uh, with Nick. Here he is to tell you what's going on.
1: We started the IVF cycle in, I want to say November, because we were literally umming and ahhing over it. Like, do we do we do it now? Because because it was so close to Christmas, and because I'm a head chef as well and in hospitality it's mental at Christmas as you could imagine there's people going out for there's festive meals it's Christmas Mm -hmm. day there's there's so much going on uh and then the wife is a teacher so she's off at Christmas sod it we'll go for it anyway so anyway so we decided to we started it in late November I think it was they managed to get out 11.00 yeah, well, I think to be fair, we were. I was happy. I think she was a bit bummed out because we were hope, we were hoping that yeah, the, would be, okay. you know, low, yeah, like loads 20. and loads, um, yeah. and then obviously they fertilised them with the donor sperm, and we managed to get to the um, blastocyst section or part. Uh, we mm-hmm. managed to get three. I think it was. Yeah, so we got three. I think there was one that was touch and go, but didn't quite make it. So that would have been would have been four. Four. Um, okay. So we did all that. They managed to. They put two in, and then we've got one in the freezer. So in the end, there was only three.
0: They um, they put two in her at the same yeah, time. Yeah. So they
1: put two in. I think it was just so you've got more chance. I mean, obviously, there's the chance that you could get twins. Or, or whatever. And, and to be fair, I think we were both kind of thinking, uh, because twins weren't in a family and her two sisters, two of her sisters are twins, but that didn't happen. But one of them did take. So we waited over Christmas. Um, they, they put them back in on the 23rd, I think it was, the 23rd of December. So two days Mm -hmm. before Christmas, And, um, we were praying and then not literally, but you know, but, uh, then we, (laughs) uh, they told us to take the test of the morning of new year's Eve. And, uh, and so we did it and well, she she didn't take one test. She was, it was about 10.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Right, right, right. uh, (laughs) you got to buy and bought. Yeah. And there were all
1: different ones as well. And they, um. And yeah, obviously it came back uh, pregnant, and we were just over the moon because it was like because because oh, you know you know how it is. You've spoken to loads of people how not many mm-hmm. people get lucky to to hit a home run on their on their first first mm-hmm. round. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, we were we were buzzing. You know what I mean.
0: That's amazing. Yeah, I bet you are. And since then, so is she. Are you four months old? Yeah. Along? So
1: it's um, she's going to be. What day is it? When is it? Uh, she's going to be nineteen weeks in two days, and then we've got uh, we've got okay, a twenty week okay. scan in two weeks today. Or twenty? Well, I be, it, this the scan around twenty weeks anyway. It will be twenty one roughly. But um, so yeah, we're then we're gonna. Hopefully, find out whether or not, well, or what we've got, should I say? Hopefully, everything's like everything's all good. There's no problems t- touching mm-hmm. wood, but um,
0: mm-hmm. I
1: mean, it's kind of crazy because she keeps telling me like I can feel it. I can feel it inside. Uh, it's really it moving around, yeah. and it's like
0: and then yeah, like, yeah.
1: Oh, let me let,
0: let, little flutters and things like that. Little butterflies. Yeah, and feelings. then she like
1: if she like yeah. moves from one side to the other, she kind of feels it. And then sometimes she reckons <laughs> it's doing some sort of somersaults in there. But, oh, but uh, wow. I suppose the won't be able to feel it yet anyway. It's still off.
0: No, but, probably uh, not. Yeah. I, you know, it's amazing. I, another guest that I followed up with there, she's 20 weeks too right now. So it's we spoke, both I spoke with you and I spoke with her before you were pregnant. You were going through the process and now you're both pregnant. So that's so exciting. Yeah. I love these positive stories right yeah, now. Yeah, well,
1: it's nice to... Be positive in such unpositive times, you know what I mean? With everything else going on out there.
0: It's so true. Now, how is that? How is the pandemic affecting the two of you and during her? Uh, Well,
1: for her, she, well, in England anyway, I don't know if you know the situation over here, we've pretty much everywhere has been shut down. So she's a teacher, all the schools are shut down. And because of the pregnancy, Mm -hmm. uh, they basically told her to stay off. and depending on the situation, she literally mm-hmm. might not go back now until
0: yeah. nearly the
1: end of next yeah. school year, which is so like so for like next,
0: year. next so yeah year like next now.
1: June she might go back. Obviously, that wow. depends on what's going on. Oh. But luckily for us, she's she's getting paid, so that, that's a, that's that's a bonus. So.
0: Yeah, you know, that is so good. And I'm so glad that she is taking that time off. We still have mixed evidence about COVID and how it affects pregnancy and newborns. Um, I don't know if you saw, but recently there was a, uh, they did have a case of a newborn baby having uh, COVID. I believe it was in England. They it could be um, transmitted in the moments after birth, right? Um, when you know, mom is holding baby and nursing and things like that. So, that is a little that was a little bit bothersome to me when I saw Mm. that just recently, like yesterday. Yeah, um, so I think it's good that she's just being extra cautious.
1: Yeah, well, half to be fair, she's I've kept her on lockdown, like we've gone for.
0: (laughs) <laughs> you were uh, yeah water. pretty much she, yeah. she's a she's a prisoner
1: like I, we go for the odd walk in that but we're careful we always cross the road when we see people and so on I think to be fair because because she's showing uh that people aren't daft they they can see that there's a pregnant lady coming down the street so they can't they they cross mm-hmm. half the time so uh so that's kind of cool but um
0: do they really yeah oh,
1: wow. yeah but um Yeah, I mean, uh, for me personally, I'm getting what we call furlough over in the UK. So the government's paying eighty percent. Oh, cool. So uh, yeah, government's paying eighty percent of my salary. So that's good. So we're still getting an income. So so we should.
0: That's so good. Is she feeling anxious over being you know being pregnant right now? Or how's she doing?
1: I don't think she's feeling too anxious obviously the the longer really? it goes on for and the closer it gets to the birth then then the, things are probably going to change because because obviously the
0: yeah.
1: like you know obviously you, you want to uh the smallest chance possible that anything could happen with all this covid, COVID mm-hmm. stuff so um mm-hmm. but yeah we'll we'll see we've still got another five months ish so and to be one thing I did yeah. forget to mention is this the due date is uh, the day before my birthday.
0: Oh, that's so <laughs> special. I love that. Yeah.
1: So Aww. yeah, but
0: that is really special. What um how are you feeling about the donor now? About the fact that you know she's pregnant, and you know, just kind of we talked a lot before about just how it feels to be a man a man with infertility and just the stigma and the taboo and you know, the, the stuff around it that can be more difficult even for a man than it is for a woman. Yeah. What, how are you doing now with all that?
1: Um, I'm still cool. I'm cool. I like, I'm,
0: yeah. I'm, I'm still <laughs>
1: pleased because like I said before, at the end of the day, we wouldn't have got to this stage if we hadn't have done the donor because Yeah. well, there's nothing I could have done. So at the end of the yeah. day,
0: Yeah.
1: Cheers for your sperm mate. And uh, now I've got a a baby on the way. So, uh,
0: yeah. Are you more or less curious about the person, the donor?
1: um, Neither to be fair. My feelings haven't really changed. Like, uh, of like
0: in a way, just thankful, but not necessarily giving it too much. No, no. I
1: don't want it. Like I said before, I don't want to know too much. Um, I'm happy, um, not knowing. So I'm I'm cool with that as because at the end of the day, it it's going to be our kid anyway, and mm-hmm. it the, the the person that you pick, they can they've got similar features to you. So if it comes out and it's got blue eyes, obviously I've got blue eyes, then it doesn't really matter. If it hasn't, then that's the way it is. So I I, I don't really mind. It's obviously it depends on. Who you are as a person, because there could be somebody else in the same situation and be like, "Yeah, well, I'm uh, I'm not happy about it or whatever," but or or I hate the guy or I like the love the guy or whatever. But pff, I'm I'm just thankful and I'm just happy that we're able to be at this stage. To be fair. So.
0: Yeah, yeah. And where, Remind me, he was he's in England. Did you go? You were able to use a donor in London? Uh,
1: yeah, it was just in England. It, it, I don't know where exactly. We did it all in Leicester. So I uh, don't know if you're familiar with Leicester, mm-hmm. but it's like 100 miles north of London. Uh, so right in the okay. middle of the country.
0: Okay. Um, okay.
1: But he's, well, we don't know exactly where he's from. I'm sure we could have found out. But yeah, I don't know.
0: Do you know if, do they have a registry? I'm finding out that some clinics and banks are now developing their own registry where you can, the donor can say if, you, if the parents want contact or want information, health information or updates, they can reach out and through, the, through this registry. Is there anything like that for your donation situation? Uh, well,
1: to be fair, I'm sure if we went back to the fertility clinic because they, they told us back then that if we want more information or what, we can go back at any time, and look at this person and find out whatever information that we want, we can get. So that's, that's a good thing, I suppose. Um, especially if if something does happen down the line, but obviously these, these people have been uh, vetted like hardcore, Like they had to go through, they had to go through a lot of tests to be able to, um, to be able to do this. So we know that this guy had, um, top top notch sperm so you know
0: did did you um so because i you know the vetting is so different mm-hmm. everywhere and you know i know england and it's very different than how things are done here because it's done through is it done through the nhs do they sort of have a hand in that or the hfe uh, is, uh, well, is, was,
1: it, it was is, all it was all through the N- nhs we we've been luckily not mm-hmm. Are we paying it we paid a few little bits, but luckily this is, we, like I say, we, we have got lucky uh, that it's all come Mm -hmm. to the NHS and it's all been funded for us by them. Thank God.
0: Okay. That is good. Yeah. And so that, um, and I just don't know enough about the system over there and how sperm donation works over there. I know here that, you know, that you can, um, that it's they, they say they vet them and they do and I think they're getting a lot better than they used mm-hmm. to be, but there are definitely cases where they weren't as well vetted as the agency said. So, but again, I mean, it's very different. Every country is so yeah. different.
1: I believe, I believe the uh, when we were speaking with the counselor, which is when we had, we uh, just, we picked the donor, she said that she'd had to have a few sessions with him as well as doing all the physical tests and blood tests and so on. So there does seem to be a a hell of a lot of um, uh, Mm -hmm. stuff going on there behind the scenes to make sure that they only get, Mm -hmm. they don't get Bob from down the road. Who's like, you know, selling his Mm -hmm. sperm for 20 quid or anything. This is, this is all legit. Yeah. And it's,
0: well, so, you know, you have, I know there's been talk and it's certainly here a lot of, um, my clients have told me that are, that have gotten pregnant, that they are, their husbands are not uh, allowed to go to the appointments with them. Are you going to be able to go to the 20 um, week visit? I, with I don't
1: wife? believe that I will be able to go. No, I think, uh, oh. I think I'll, I'll probably drive her there to the, and just sit okay. in the car or walk her to the place and then wait outside or something.
0: Mm. <laughs> That's so frustrating that you can't yeah, and- Is that I mean, after all you've been through and these are moments that you want to share, I know, and see the scan and I'm just surprised they won't let you in and wear, you know, have you wear a mask, but I do understand the risk. And I know it's a big deal. It just, yeah. I wish there was something they could do. Yeah. I mean, but, you it's, know.
1: it's, it's one of those ones where you kind of like, you really want to go in cause you want to see it. Cause it's like the first time when we'll, we'll yeah. see it in, pff, I don't know, I can't remember how long, 10 weeks, I think it is. Um, Mm -hmm. and then part of me is like thinking oh okay I I really want to do this but I've got to be smart about this as well if there's more people Mm -hmm. in that room there's more chance that it could spread around and so on so you just yeah
0: that's true you think of you're thinking you you
1: gotta yeah the whole it's like are you thinking with your head or thinking with your heart that's what it is and sometimes Mm -hmm. sometimes you have Mm -hmm. to think with your head
0: Mm mm-hmm now, will they let you? Could you FaceTime, or could you? Wow. You know, I don't know. Wow.
1: Like
0: Zoom. Uh, or- <laughs>
1: the 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 last time I went in there, um, I, <laughs> I actually, and they were showing it on the screen. I went to take my phone out to take a picture of it, and the woman was like, uh, "Can you mm. put your phone away, please?" <laughs>
0: oh yeah yeah because they're a liability but i wonder if you could just facetime like with her just watching her face and if she want if you wanted to i mean this obviously if you're fine it's okay but these are i'm thinking this through for other people that are listening too that are really sad about missing these appointments and ways that you can still connect and be there Mm. and you know be part as much as you want so everyone's different i mean
1: i mean i guess i mean if they gave us the chance to do something like that then i'd definitely take it
0: mm-hmm.
1: um i guess it depends on on the place i guess because i think the 20 20 scan from what i've been told is uh it's quite a big one so she could be in there for quite a while because they're checking all sorts um so it's not like it's the last one we we went to was like five five ten minutes tops whereas this one she could be in there for well i don't know how long exactly but longer so uh but yeah, no, if they give me a chance, if they give us the chance, then hell yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: that will be wanna, ways that you can Yeah, do We want to see,
1: because we want to know, because at the same time, um, the wife's been finding out that some places, I don't know if it's because of the situation or not, but they, they're not letting people find out, or the, sorry, the policy of the hospital or so on, they're not letting some people find out what the sex is, which is a bit mental, if you ask me. Why? I'm not really sure. I think it's it's just the policy of the hospital, which doesn't make any sense. It's like it's, this is the time, you know what I mean? We we want it, we want to know. It's not like we're we're going to wait until mm-hmm. till it's born. We literally want to know just so we can get things planned and everything, and then uh, and so on.
0: Well, is it is the hospital, or is it something to do with COVID, or is it something they've uh, always well, done?
1: It Could be to do with COVID. I mean, I. don't
0: because it could be that they um, just don't want to do the extra, spend the extra, we'll see this what they're doing. They're doing the ultrasound already and they can tell from that. I don't know. Yeah. Mm. Who knows? That's a, that's yeah. unusual. So you, will, so you will actually not be able to find out.
1: Well, ho- well we're hoping that we can do to be fair, I, but I don't know. If, yeah. I don't really, I don't really know. Cause I, I don't know if they like can't tell you or if they can't put it. it or if they can tell you, but they can't put it in like a because sometimes if you want it to be a surprise or something, they'll write it down and put it in an envelope and then you take it away. Uh so they mm-hmm. you can do like a surprise mm-hmm. uh surprise thing.
0: Oh yeah. Um yeah.
1: So I don't know whether it's they won't do that bit, but they will tell you if you if, if that makes sense.
0: Maybe so. Maybe they just don't want the documentation or something yeah. of it, like the the liability. Yeah. I don't know interesting wow so okay so tell me what's new about just what is there anything changed as far as you know you've had guests on your podcast you have you know just things of i know there's new new stuff coming up all the time for help, support for men and infertility. Do you have any interesting stories or anything new that's happened with, you know, sharing with your friends, with your family, you know, have you told anybody else about using a donor at this point now that she's pregnant, that your wife's uh,
1: Yeah, well we don't hide it at all We're I'm happily happy to talk about it to literally anyone. Um, mm-hmm. although I,
0: uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, hence the yeah, podcast, yeah, right?
1: No, I'm cool with yeah. doing that. Cause although randomly this morning when I went to the co-op for some food uh, I mentioned that the wife was pregnant to one of the guys in there I don't really know him but we kind of we kind of know each other but we don't know each other and uh, I let slip that mm-hmm. then w- mentioned that the wife was pregnant and he and he turned and he went oi, oi, looks like you hit double top there mate and I just like looked at him I was <laughs> like yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah I did <laughs> Sure. <laughs> yeah. I we'd explain everything in the middle of the co-op, but
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know, you can't. You don't have to. That's that's the thing. Is like it's so situational. You know, yeah. it's everybody's like, well, how how do I yeah. do this? How do I talk about it? Well, sometimes you just don't yeah, have no. to say anything. Yeah, so.
1: he they, it, doesn't need to know. It's what people say. So it's that.
0: It, it's just a way for him to you know communicate more than anything you know it's just yeah. a way for him to i don't know maybe it's a yeah. guy thing the, uh, but yeah i like how you just again you just kind of approach it with humor and um yeah and i know you had a podcast episode with um alex over at pursuing fatherhood i'd love that you guys did that what i haven't had a chance to listen myself but i'm going to after this yeah. and tell me anything interesting come up oh, from that.
1: We, it was a long we had it was a long one we i think uh the episode Good. itself is oh over an hour long i think it is but we we ended up talking yeah. for nearly nearly two hours i think it was really it was really That's good awesome. to connect with him it is it is a, a really good um, i definitely recommend listening to it and uh
0: yeah i will definitely put the word out about yeah. it too just because you know yeah because i get a lot of people that listen to this podcast just us talking about here hopefully yeah. we'll get it some more listens there's a lot of women that their men are, is they're impacted by this, but they don't want to talk about it and they don't want to come to counseling. And so their, their wives can get them to listen to this podcast and to your podcast. And I think that can help a lot.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I've had, um, I've had an episode go live earlier on today, a few hours ago. And that was, uh, that was another interview one. It was, uh, with uh, a guy called Tom and his wife, Hannah as well. So I had both of them on and, um, they're not at the same uh part of the journey as like me mm-hmm. they're more towards the beginning mm-hmm. but at the same time i found that was really good because uh in the two previous ones that i'd done uh one with the one with alex and uh one with the guy called raj uh it was just with the blokes obviously it's kind of nice to speak to the blokes and so on mm-hmm. but it was nice getting a woman's perspective at the same time mm-hmm. because like it was mainly obviously mainly to do with tom but there was a lot of there's a few times where I, I would speak to her directly and just ask their opinions as a couple as well which i thought was really good and uh, what i've found with a lot of people is that the ones that i've spoken to there are a lot of people who have gone through this and it has made them so much stronger mm. that i, I there's just something about that that I really love that. Hmm. That's it.
0: That's amazing. Like some
1: people, it, it could like throw them to the other end where they like break up and mm-hmm. stuff. Whereas the majority of the people that I've spoken to have gone the complete opposite. Mm-hmm. And, they're, and they're like, they're in it together. Mm-hmm. As I said before, they're a team and it's everything. That's
0: so, so wonderful. I think that is changing a lot. Um, I know when I did just my... Um, graduate work around infertility the, there's a lot of clinical research on how couples, um, how it can affect them in a negative way and how it can really affect their marriage and sometimes even lead to divorce. And mm. what I found in my working with couples, I hear a lot of the couples that are coming to counseling or just talking about it, like you are openly, they say what you say. They say it's actually made us stronger and I can't help but think that communication is a huge piece of that, that it's the couples that are not talking about it, not talking about it with each other, not with other people that are burying yeah. it, that those feelings and those emotions just cause tension and, and conflict in their relationship over time. So I really think the key is communication. Definitely. Um, yeah, it's very hard on a relationship. There's no doubt about yeah, that. It's extremely yeah. hard. But the uh,
1: overall podcast is doing yeah. pretty good. I've hit two and a half thousand listens. So I'm pretty chuffed with that. So nice. that's good. And yeah. I've spoken to a few people now. I mean, I've got uh, with a guy called John from Australia. He's a really sound mm-hmm. guy as well. I had a really good chat with him. And they'll be nice. coming out in the next few weeks.
0: That is awesome. I'm so happy. I'm so glad to see you. Doing this and getting these guys to start talking about this is just like amazing. It's amazing. It's going to help people so much and especially guys. I mean, you know how I'm passionate about this. This was our story too. It was um, male factor infertility and, and you know just the lack of support I saw out there for, for especially for my husband, but for me mm. even, and just how I didn't even feel like I could talk about it at all. Um, at the time. And so I, I really felt like I was covering for him yeah. and not cause he asked me to at all, just because I wanted to respect his privacy and the whole masculine masculinity yep. thing and all that. And so it just, just see the changes that are happening is, is so encouraging for me. And just, I can't tell you how rewarding it is, but yeah. to see the work you're doing, so keep it up. You're doing a great job. And I just, any, any way I can support you, I am here. Yeah. So yeah. Well, cool. Well, I, anything else? I mean, it's fun talking to you. How about, can you do any voices for me? Are you get can, can I like, can I pitch your, your uh, profession at all your side, your other work that you do?
1: Yeah. Uh, to be fair, my, my main yeah. thing is kind of audio books. So,
0: um, Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. So I, That's right. You read books. Yeah. <laughs> yeah just, That's just, so fun.
1: Just loud.
0: That's a cool. So I have to do that now next. That's been my, that's been on my list of things to do for a long, long time. People have been asking me, when, when's your audio book coming out? And I'm like, ah, I got to get this done. Well, um, but that's what I've struggled with is finding that time to sit down and do it consecutively and then just, you know, yeah. knock it out. And I thought this, this pandemic is a great time to do it. And also if anybody wants to, is listening to this and has a book and is interested in you um, commissioning you, how would they get in touch with you?
1: Uh, well, you can email me uh at Denton VA, at Outlook.com or okay. you can find me on Facebook, uh, Nick Denton VA, or or Instagram, or just any of my mm-hmm. um, any of my social media just send me a message and
0: yeah, just reach yeah. out to you. Cool, awesome, Nick. No
1: worries. Well, have a great day. You too. All right. Okay. See ya. Bye bye.
0: Thanks for listening. If you would like to follow me for more content, you can find me. On Instagram at Jana Rupnow LPC, and Facebook, and you can also grab a copy of my book Three Makes Baby on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and Target.com. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast, and rate it, and share it with a friend if you like it. Have a great day.